Duty is ours. Results are God's. That's a quote from John Quincy Adams, the sixth president of the United States of America. And it also happens to be one of the main mantras of Jim Van Erden. He is one of the co-founders of Sevenly, an ethical brand that is so unlike any other companies I have ever come across in my life. I've been following Sevenly for years, really since they started in 2011, and I've watched their journey. I've watched them go from this viral sensation all over Facebook and all over the internet and featured in People Magazine and Forbes and everywhere you can imagine to seeing them fail big and fail publicly. But I also watched them rise from the ashes, so to speak, and handle their very, very public failures and mistakes unlike any other company I've ever seen. I remember seeing their public apology for the mistakes that they made, which Jim and I are going to talk about later in the show, but it was just something that really solidified my belief that business can be used as a force for good. As Jim says, People are looking for an opportunity to stand up and fight for the beautiful, the good, and the true. People are tired of barking and yelling and fighting. People want to do. That's what Sevenly is doing is Sevenly is connecting people and showing people how they can do and be and collaborate and connect. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, a CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just all-around amazing person who's trying to make a positive impact not only through their personal life, but also with their professional career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact right where you are. Now on to the show and enjoy this conversation with Jim Van Erden. Hey Jim, welcome to the show. Hello Molly, great to be with you. I am so And truly, I say this word and I mean it, honored to have you on the show. And I have a confession to make. When I I was planning this podcast back in the summer of 2000, well, I I guess I started the planning process for the podcast in the spring and summer of 2016, launched it in September. I had a list of 10 dream guests to have on the show and you were on that list so this is like this is a really exciting day for me and I'm just I'm just throwing that out there and I'm just letting you know off the bat how excited I am (laughs) that's funny well what what an honor to be on that list thanks Molly oh absolutely I have been a huge fan of Sevenly truly I I mean I feel like since you guys started um, and I have you know been I've loved watching your journey. I have loved how you've handled, uh, you know, some adversity that came your way and some some really tough times that we're going to get into. And And I've loved also how you guys and you in particular have really just stayed true to your values and just your mission and your purpose. And I just can't wait to hear your story because I've really I've been so curious after following and, you know, purchasing from Sevenly over the years what the story behind Sevenly is. So with all that being said, Jim, I would love if you would do what all of our guests do, and that's give us the Jim 101. So tell us your story, um, you know, and, and everything that led you up to where you are and, and how you got involved with Sevenly. Well, uh, it, it has been uh, quite a, uh, a journey, and and Sevenly actually um, really emerged out of some unique uh, convictions that um, that I came to in life, and and then I ended up uh, conspiring, if you will, with three other guys in, in the founding of Sevenly in 2011. We were all moved to uh, to start this crazy uh, initiative and and to to see it come to life uh, for different reasons. For me, at at that time, I I was actually reading the biography of this amazing historic character named William Wilberforce, who um, led the effort to end the the British slave trade. And it it really uh, moved me at a soul level. And I had had a lot of brand building experience uh, working for organizations like the World Cup and the U.S. Olympic Committee and and some of the biggest brands in the world and 
And uh, I, I was seeing in that story how here you had this member of parliament who was rallying with the most powerful people in the nation and the empire at, at that time to end uh, slavery. And what uh, created the tipping point was when an artist created a little piece of art. We now call it the Wedgwood Medallion. That was this moving image of a slave in chains. And this man is holding his shackled wrist to the heavens as if crying out to God, and the simple text etched around his figure was, am I not a man, am I not your brother? And that ended up being put on plateware and jewelry and everything. It created a conversational tipping point um, that literally uh, changed uh, the way that the nation was viewing slavery. And so th that I, I was in the middle of that. The other, uh, there were four of us that were founders at, at Sevenly, and, and we were all at the place that we were at for different reasons. But we knew that somehow, some way, um, clothing and accessories that enable people to wear a story that matters, uh, that actually helps um, create uh, a better world at the same time is just an idea whose time had come. Uh, so that's, you know, that's how we uh, we got to that place in different ways. I had just with my wife Rachel, who's um, who's my uh, personal uh, Wilberforce acquaintance. Um, she's a <laughs> hero to me. Um, she uh, had led the effort in our family to adopt a little boy. Um, who had been found naked in a in a trash bag in a dump in Quito, Ecuador, and he wow. had uh, just recently, at that time, come home to us after five years of of trying to uh, make that little boy a son. Uh, so we, you know, we we were just in this swirl of personal story that was. Um, it was just a very powerful time in our own lives where we were feeling like we were being called. Uh, to do something uh, to help people understand that little micro actions in the consumer choices that they make could make a difference and that it, it didn't have to be a difference that was uh, fashion backward. It could actually be um, a commitment that was fashion forward. And, and that's what uh, compelled all of us kind of out of uh, just a, a, a simple faithfulness to God in the moment to launch into uh, what's now become Suddenly. Wow. <laughs> there is so much there that is just <laughs> amazing. So I want to kind of go back because there's a lot that I want to unpack. Um, so I want to kind of talk or find out a little bit more about your experience prior to launching Sevenly. You said you worked for the Olympics, World Cup. I mean, that's I mean, that's amazing. That's a resume. How did you get involved in all of that? And, and what capacity did you work with them? So I came out of uh, graduate school and was very focused on uh, brand management. That was kind of my my trade um, in my early years, and then um, ended up becoming more and more involved in using brand strategy to help launch uh, new companies. and And I, I worked on that for um, for many years with big companies. So they were trying to do what's called intrapreneuring. Uh, launching new startup ventures inside of really big companies, and uh, that was that was an amazing experience. But I I began to arc more and more toward uh, being in a place where, through um, media and consumer goods and even uh, technology companies, I could focus on companies that were being started with a missional objective. In other words. Every time that they did what they did, um, it would result in a social impact outcome. So I saw it up close and personal when I, I executive produced a film with Matt Damon. And uh, it was an amazing experience for me. It was kind of a, a watershed uh, moment to see how commerce could connect with uh, with charity, with philanthropy. Whoa, what we, what uh, film? I have to ask. You Matt Damon? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it was an amazing experience. Um, Bono uh, helped us pull together the music. Hans Zimmer uh, did the amazing. score. It was uh, it was an incredible uh, adventure. We we used as kind of a bat 
backdrop narrative for the film, the, the, this historic run across the Great Sahara Desert uh, by three guys uh, representing uh, three different continents. And, and the, the idea was to bring attention to water. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so it, it, was, it, was a, it was a remarkable experience. And it ended up um, helping to launch two of the most significant water NGOs in the world now, uh, water.org and uh and charity water and so it was just it was an amazing privilege to see how that came to life and then to see uh the companies that um that were connected to it um seeing how instead of it being viewed like a tithe like a corporate tithe it could actually be a part of the way that they presented their brand and um and so that's how i started getting more and more involved in this this intersection a, a year later, actually coming out of that expedition, um, I helped co-found a company called Mission, which is an athlete uh, apparel company. And we co-founded that with Mia Hamm and Serena Williams and others who were were, uh, were passionate about creating a, a, a brand. It's now at mission.com. It's a global brand that would also have a philanthropic uh, component connected to it. So everything I started to do from that time forward had uh, that component attached to it. I just became really passionate about the fact, and th- this was at, at a time, by the way, that the Occupy-type uh, movements were beginning to emerge in the scene saying that yeah. business was bad. Yeah. Um, I really felt that it was important for uh, people in corporate circles and people in startup environments to show how business could be an amazing engine for good. Um, Absolutely. And uh, and to kind of parlay off Jim Collins phrase, good to great, how, you know, really sustainable, great companies would know how to build the bridge from great to good um, and, and to do uh, great good in the world yeah. um, as a uh, as a core part of what they were as a purpose driven brand. So it's it's been a huge sea change it's been an amazing thing to be a part of it sevenly has uh, more than any other venture that i've been a part of uh brought uh, just a deep joy uh, to my soul because we see mm. the stories every day from people who just want to be able to express themselves about in a fashion forward way about something that 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 really matters to them at a very dna uh, level and uh, yeah. so that's that's kind of the genesis of how personal stories and and uh, business journey uh, have have led me to be uh, so passionate about uh, about suddenly. Wow! Uh, so I have to ask. So what was the name of the of the film, the Matt Damon film? Can we see it? Is this something like we can go and watch on Netflix or rent or something sure. like that? Yes, absolutely. It's called it's called Running the Sahara. Running the um, Sahara. I, I at that point. Yeah, at that point, I was involved in uh, a variety of films, War Child, Bella, uh, The Ultimate Gift, um, and uh, and so forth. They were all films that had a, uh, a deep philanthropic component to them. And I had the privilege of, of being uh, involved in a, in a production role as a producer, an executive producer of, of those films. And, and they... They all connected an experience in theater with an opportunity to help make the world a little better. So I really come at it at this from, you know, corporate perspective, from film and media perspective, from an apparel and fashion perspective and and seeing everything that's going on as consumers are increasingly saying, hey, let me champion brands that champion values that matter to me. This is it's a really it's a really important moment in the history of capitalism. Uh, I think it's unprecedented and a and a really unique opportunity for all of us to in, engage in uh, in really thoughtful uh, consumer decisions. Oh, I completely agree. And I you know, I love what you said earlier as well about business is amazing and can be an amazing engine for good. And there has been this 
And I, you know, honestly, I don't really know. I guess you said that the Occupy movements began to kind of do that. But I even feel like it happened before that is that there was this this culture shift where everybody was like, business is bad. If you're a business owner, you're scum, you're you're right. slimy. <laughs> All you want to do is take my money. And I, I feel like we are seeing a shift the other way because of companies like Sevenly and, and businesses and business owners that are saying, no, we can, business can change the world and business is good without business. I mean, we're not employed. Well, <laughs> There's a lot of people that aren't employed. It's, 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 one of the, it's one of the great ironies that as the noise was beginning to get louder uh, from the business is bad folks, that uh, some of us were just raising our voices saying, hey, do, do we all understand that without business and what it is in the world, there is there, there, there is no nonprofit sector. There is no government right, sector because right. government and nonprofit sectors are both dependent upon the value creation of um, impactful businesses. And so it, it, it's a discussion that I think is continuing to change. But one of the most thrilling things, I think, uh, Molly, for all of your um, your listeners to reckon with is that people are starting to get the fact that businesses are indeed or can be indeed a very purposeful, intentional engine for good. And that doesn't just relate to uh, how they care for their employees. It doesn't even just relate to how they can care for their communities. They can be uh, creating a very specific and intentional alignment with needs that are global. And that's that's beginning to happen. And I think it's one of the most exciting trends of our time. I could not agree more. And that is honestly, I mean, that's one of the reasons I started this podcast is because, I mean, for years, I've had this this passion within me to support and bring a voice to and share ethical, fair trade, sustainable, socially conscious, you know, kind of throw in any of those words, those buzzwords, if you will, about these types of businesses. And, you know, just I felt like it was one of those things where I was always on this this soapbox, you know, where I was just like, <laughs> you can really change the world by how you spend your money and supporting good businesses. And and I, you know, I, I shared those companies through the blog. But in a lot of ways, the reason I started this podcast was to show consumers and show other business owners themselves that you as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a nonprofit director, whatever it is you choose to do for your career or for a living, you can make a positive impact. You can change the world, your your community, your family right where you are. And, you know, you don't have to have a, a you know, a company like Sevenly. You can have a wedding photography business and just really love your clients well and help them, you know, start strong marriages. You can, um, you know, be somebody who does hand calligraphy and just the way that you, you know, you you share your products and the way that you share your heart with your, your clients or the way that you serve your customers well. You know, you can really do so much good with your business. And so I, I, you know, it's one of those things where I want to highlight lots of different types of business owners so that other people can understand like, yes, the way you spend your money really does matter. And, you know, when you, when you spend money, you're voting, you're voting every single day for the type of world you want to live in. And, you know, I, I think that that is a, a, a thing that is getting louder, so to speak, and drowning out those, the, the business is bad type people, you know? I, I agree. You know, one of the, one of the things that, that I've seen um, firsthand, Molly, is that nothing is dynamic until it's specific. So mm. a, a, a statement like uh, uh, change the world can almost now uh, feel in a superficial it, it could just be overwhelming it, it, you look at a situation like harvey and gosh if it doesn't just uh, break your heart and make you feel helpless in different ways but but then what breaks through are specific pictures of heroes um just doing uh, what ordinary people uh, can do um, to change the world for one person, you know, one person at a time. We we um, had a campaign that we ran this uh, weekend where we invited people to purchase apparel and accessories from our what we called our Harvey's our Harvey Helpers collection. 
and um, and and we in the process um, outfitted for free 500 uh, volunteers going in uh, to to help with cleanup and even some that were going in to help with rescue work from boots to shirts and cell wallets and all kinds of things that were needed. You know, when when people see specific numbers like that, and they're now taking that number up to a thousand people um, uh, within the next day, uh, they, they see specific outcomes connected to specific actions, and they think, you know what? Um, yeah, I, I hear that the government's going to contribute X billions of dollars and everything else, but I can make a difference in that specific person's life, and um, and that connects me. Uh, with um, with an opportunity that's deeply important to me, and not only that, I want to remember it. And so the the, uh, the the items that we are offering that carry this cause art are almost like Ebenezer stones for people. Some some people in your audience will know what I mean by that. They're they're a marker. They're a they're a remembrance of something important. It may be an opportunity that they have to serve, and they want to remember it. It may be a a, uh, a visit helping to do cleanup in a national park, and they want to remember it. It may be um, a time of providing care in a in a foster care community, and they want to remember it. And they don't just want to remember it; they want to create conversation. And here's the beautiful thing, Molly. You know that the noise is getting to be so shrill um, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. our culture today that that people are looking for an opportunity to stand up and do things in the fight for the beautiful and the good and the true that are about being, not barking, um, that are about uh, doing, uh, not um, yelling uh, and fighting. And and so I think the core that we're touching as a brand in Sevenly is the people who you know want to be thoughtful in creating conversations, um, but at the same time have that process be connected to doing those little things that makes the world better, one person, one purchase at a time. Oh, there are so many gems there that I'm like, can I put that on a T-shirt? Because I <laughs> love the visual of referring to it as an Ebenezer stone. And if you're listening to this and you're like, what is an Ebenezer? Um, You know, the first time I really heard that phrase was in the hymn, Come Thou Fount, which is one of my, I mean, my favorite hymns. I didn't really become a Christian um, until my, you know, when when I was in my 20s. I mean, I, you know, I could go into my testimony and say I played church for years and all that kind of stuff, but I didn't really understand and truly feel like I grasped the gospel until I was in my late twenties. And, um, and I remember the first time I heard come thou fount, which is such a classic hymn, but you know, for me as somebody who was a a believer later in life, you know, that is not something that I had heard as a child. And I I raised my Ebenezer. What is that? Exactly. And so I, I remember I, so I joined the, the worship team at my church. I I sang for years. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to lead worship. And I remember I was, I was, literally leading that song and I never heard it. And I had to Google like, what is an Ebenezer stone? Uh, you know, and, and find the, you know, find that. But so, but so I love that visual that you paint and that actually kind of leads me into sort of a, 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 not like a side question. Um, for those that, you know, we've kind of been talking about Sevenly, we've been sort of you know, talking about specific things for those that don't that aren't familiar with Sevenly. What is the business model, and how exactly did you guys kind of come up with that? So, I mean, you know, obviously Sevenly partners with different organizations. There's lots of different, you know, apparel and accessories, as you said, that are tied to, to specific causes. How did you guys settle on the business model? And for people that you know aren't familiar, you know, how does it? How exactly does it work? So Sevenly was uh, created, as I said, in late 2011, and the initial idea was to start a movement around what we called Cause Art, that we would have some of the best artists from, by the way, all over the world um, help us to create pieces of art that would tell about the work of some great charity uh, without using their logos and without, you know, saying in in 
in text, here's what the charity organization is. We wanted to communicate the cause and, and do it uh, soulfully with uh, great art and art that would create conversation, art that would be fashion forward, not like, uh, you know, the shirts that you get after you run that uh, 5K, that Krispy Kreme 5K <laughs> run and get your shirt that you bring out on yeah. painting days. Like but a shirt you actually wear. Something <laughs> exactly. So that that is the uh, that was the initial idea, and we decided, uh, for all kinds of reasons, to work around uh, the um, the concept of seven. And and so part of it was that we would uh, focus on a different charitable partner for seven days, and at the end of the seven days, we'd start a new campaign. During each one of those seven day campaigns, we'd have that great art on uh, different kinds of uh, apparel and $7 from every item sold and that campaign would go to the cause that we are spotlighting. We've, it, through those little micro purchase decisions, Molly, we've now um, donated almost $5 million. Uh, we've wow. uh, generated, at best calculation, somewhere north of $2 billion free impressions for uh, some of the greatest causes in the world, about 250 different nonprofit partners that we've uh, that we've teamed with since 2011, and wow. uh, we've raised tens of thousands of volunteers who became aware of an organization like, say, Mercy Ship. They didn't know anything about it. They become volunteers. In fact, People Magazine uh, named us one of the top 10 stories in the first 10 years of Facebook because. Wow. of those volunteer stories that were so um so moving so we we say that we exist as an organization to raise um uh, followers um and funding and awareness for the world's greatest causes and that's that's our central mission that's our reason for being we want to not be about a brand per se we want to be about uh, the the epic work that those nonprofits are doing, some of them, by the way, heroic little five, six, seven person teams that are that are just doing incredible work in the world, and then um, others being organizations that you'd recognize, like um, Salvation Army and Convoy of Hope, uh, who are beneficiaries of of the campaign that we're running for Harvey Helper. So um, that that's really the idea. And and we want somebody like you, Molly, to be able to to go to Savinley and uh, and be able to uh, express you. So we're trying to create um, uh, essentially an option for that piece of your wardrobe that is about you expressing something about a story that's important to you through what you wear and through what you share. And uh, and so everything that we've done is aimed at that. You can now shop, um, uh, you know, thousands of different designs across uh, scores of different um, uh, categories of cause. If you're involved in the autism community, if you're involved in the adoption community, if you're passionate um, about uh, bullying uh, in school and and the harm that it's creating for so many kids. Uh, whatever your cause is, we exist to help you bring an artful voice to it, to create conversations and to help change the world one person, one purchase at a time. Yes. Now, I'm I'm curious what has and, and I don't know if this is something you you know, that has changed over the years or if it kind of changes as, you know, as things ebb and flow. Has there been a particular cause or a particular campaign that is just overwhelmingly, you know, just does sort of like people just connect with it the most? Is there like the most successful campaign you guys have ever done? What what do people connect with the most have you found? You know, a lot of it depends on um issues that are trending. So, uh, for example, um, in the early part of this year, uh, our refugee care um, program with World mm -hmm. Relief, mm -hmm. uh, which works uh, through churches around the country and around the world to provide services and care for refugees, was uh, by far our, our most um, popular 
uh, collection. But then, you know, we came into uh, the spring and we were celebrating 100 years of our national parks and that are the, the collection that we did, uh, which was uh, plant seven trees with each purchase. Gosh, that was um, just re remarkable so cool. and, and so its cool. reception. And then when we were around the 4th of July, as you might imagine, our, our veterans uh, collection, uh, and in particular, uh, the 22 uh, uh, design, which it commemorates the fact that 22 of our service people on average um, each day are uh, are taking their own lives. That, that, you know, all of a sudden was just really resonating with people. We need to we need to talk about this. We need to do more. How, how can I how can I engage with people in a way that is prompting them to say, what is what is that about? That's that's really cool. That's really interesting. What is it? We we saw that um, be a, a focal point. So it really, it really changes. And every once in a while, we'll have a particular story that um, really resonates uh, with people, and that you know can change the the calculus too. One thing I I'd, I'd bring um, to the attention of your listeners is that on our homepage right now, we're we're featuring a video called uh, we call it the anthem. Um, of Sevenly, but it's um, it shows up as the give video, and and it just is a composite of um, simple, quiet snapshots of people doing little things um, with great love. And I, I've never been more mm -hmm. blessed as somebody who's been mm -hmm. involved in the film industry um, to uh, be connected with a short little. Uh, video like that that does so much to talk about what it is to know the joy of giving. And Mother Teresa uh, died 20 years ago today. Yeah. Um, so uh, around this time frame, uh, we, we uh, marked the International uh, Day of Charity. And I just, I've always loved her uh, her compelling um, call when she said, do small things with great love. And and yes. that that's at the that's at the heart of what our brand is because we believe that people matter. Mm. And I love that you guys just really do that in every every aspect of your business. Um, I want to ask you about something that I I know that you get asked about a lot probably recently. Um, but in the last couple of years, there was some controversy surrounding Sevenly, and you guys went through. A rough patch. And, you know, I honestly, as somebody who has been following Sevenly since you guys started, I was really impressed with the way that you guys handled it. And so I'd love if if you wouldn't mind, kind of share a little bit about what happened. And, you know, and for those that maybe, maybe kind of saw that there was some Sevenly controversy and maybe people who didn't know about it or whatever, um, would you mind kind of sharing what happened? And, and ultimately, how did you guys you know, kind of bounce back from it? And, and what did you, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, and somebody who has so much passion and drive for what you do, what did you learn from it? Yes. Um, it is one of those uh, seasons in my life, one of those stories in my life that um, I love to share about and that... <laughs> You know, it hurts me to share yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, I would say that of all of the uh, ventures that I've had the privilege of being a part of, Sevenly is the one that has brought me the deepest joy and also uh, the deepest the deepest pain because the organization grew so fast in such a short period of time that we we hit a, a leadership uh, crisis where the the founders believed that we needed to engage um, people that uh, were smarter uh, than we were in scaling Sevenly into um, the global brand that we we felt it was becoming. Uh, Sevenly has has customers in uh, over 110 countries around the globe and 
we were just getting to a point where the the organization needed to scale more to support um, the work that we were doing. And so the founders uh, in the process stepped aside and um, and brought in folks from the outside uh, to uh, manage uh, the growth. And, you know, I've always viewed Sevenly, even from its early days, as an old soul brand. We, you know, we opened um, every board meeting actually praying um, for widows and the orphans, just as a as a visible picture of what what our our mission was, and we we believe that if we did the right things, that it would it would work out well, that it would be a sustainable, growing, vibrant entity, and that um, and that we'd be able to do just great work in the world and be excellent at our craft. So yeah. we didn't we underestimated the extent to which founders stepping away could result in a transformation of the culture where it became about um, uh, saving pennies here and cutting corners there uh, to the point where um, the, the the company just failed in its mission. We failed to um, honor our, our um our nonprofit partners, uh, the way that we were created to do that, we failed to honor our customers with excellence and service and 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 product, um, all because the the metrics, the goals were were different. I mean, I I've been brought up um, quoting, and now my kids quote John Quincy Adams, who famously said, <laughs> "Duty is ours, results are God's," meaning. Mm you know, focus on doing the right things and then trust that the outcomes will be what they should be. Um, and instead, we just got into a different kind of machinery. And and it it almost uh, took the company, the, the, the movement, because it's really not about the company. It's about the, the people who um, made Sevenly what it is by the hundreds of thousands, um, by the millions, if you look at our social following. And there was a brand promise that had been made to them. And so uh, several of us uh, stepped back in uh, in various ways, operating roles or um, help financially or bringing uh, people. I, I brought my wife, uh, Rachel, and I have 11 children, Molly. So we have a big family. Wow. The boy that I told you about that we adopted from Ecuador is number 11. Wow. So um, I recruited all of my kids who are, of course, very passionate about Sevenly. Anyway, they were helping with customer support. They were helping in the warehouse. They were helping with packaging. I mean, we just, everybody that could, that uh, you know, was a part of that old soul brand DNA just rallied. And it's, wow. it was a, it was a miracle. And people were so on the whole, so gracious and so supportive saying, this is a brand um, that, that we need. Um, mm. And mm. so we have, uh, we've poured blood, sweat and tears into the process of reconnecting with our mission of remembering why we started. Yeah. And uh, and so the opportunities that we're getting now every day as uh, we have people that reach out to us, as we do every day, saying, would you mind doing this for me? And we delight in it. It's, um, you know, sending 20 shirts into Uganda for a, a youth camp of uh, orphans who have been tapped to be next generation leaders. It's. Yeah. You know, outfitting those 500 volunteers uh, that are heading into Hurricane uh, Harvey cleanup work that won't be fun. It's it's the uh, it's the mom whose son uh, recently uh, came back um, in a casket, an Army Ranger uh, who uh, <laughs> you know reached out to us and said, "My son's fellow Rangers are coming home." And uh, I want to meet them uh, at the airport uh, at uh, Fort Benning in Georgia and present each one of them 
a uh, a sevenly shirt and a sevenly um a piece of sevenly glassware would you do that for me and and you know, the, those are the those are the stories we touch every day it makes yeah. what we do um matter deeply to us and and really uh reminds us again that uh every little bit uh counts in the in the fight for the beautiful and the good and the true and that's that's our that's our mission i think that's so important that you you the way you said that you guys you lost sight of your vision for a while and you came back from it and i think i remember when you guys sort of did the social post on I believe it was Facebook and Instagram and maybe even Twitter but I remember specifically on Facebook and Instagram where you guys came out and you said hey we are sorry we failed we failed failed and I thought I remember thinking to myself this is a different business because it is one, it's rare for people these days to admit when they were wrong um, or admit when they mess up. And, you know, and it's one of those things where we're, I mean, we all as humans, not just business owners or consumers or parents or friends or, you know, siblings, daughters, you know, whatever, whatever role we have, at the end of the day, we're all human and we all make mistakes. But there's this you know, in this social media culture, and somebody I somebody said on a podcast recently that Instagram is like everybody's prom night. Like everybody looks <laughs> the best, and everybody's putting on their best, you know, their best face. And it's, you know, people are embarrassed to admit their mistakes or admit when they were wrong. And when I saw that yep. statement from you guys, where you guys just said we failed. We are sorry. We messed up. We know here's here, you know, and we're going to do whatever we can to make it right. Give us time. It's not going to be overnight. It's not going to be quick, but we're going to do whatever we can to make it right. And that was, you know, that was that moment where I said, this really is a company that is different, that is trying, that is saying we're human. We're a company run by humans and we're going to make mistakes and we're going to move forward, but we can't. You know, we can't dwell on the past. And I think that not only inspired the people who have known and loved Sevenly, um, but I think it also, it gave people permission to say, yeah, we're, we all fail. There are times when we mess up and it might be a big public mess up that hundreds of thousands of people see, or it might be a mess up within our own family, but mm. we it's okay to say, hey, I screwed up, but here's how I'm going to move forward and, and do better. Um, so true. So yes. true, Molly. And I, I can't believe that you remember that. Uh, oh, I definitely remember I, it. <laughs> I, re- I remember like it was five minutes ago, um, and we actually used the image of a um, of a white flag. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't tell you how many uh, people as – I communicated uh, with a, a circle of those who were involved with the transition at that point about my um, intention to uh, to publicly apologize and um, and 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 be deeply authentic in that moment uh, with where the where Sevenly was at. How, how many people told me that was crazy? Mm. That was uh, just a stupid thing to do. You don't do that. It's bad. It's bad marketing, uh, you know. People who said I've never seen any any company do that and exactly. survive and so forth. And I, again, um, in interacting with those of us who are reengaging the business in the business, it was a no brainer. It was about recognizing that duty was ours and results were God's, and we were not going mm-hmm. to uh, take that first step without it being an authentic one and a transparent one because ultimately what happened is that the culture became what I call transactional mm. when Sevenly was created to be relational. Mm. It, we're a relational brand. We um, we want to serve and serve people uh, well uh, as they do, as the heroes in the story, as they do um, what they can in the world uh, to make a difference. 
And so it's ultimately not about uh, about us. It's not about transaction. It's about them, and it's about relationship, which is why we're one of those crazy companies that will do things all the time. Uh, uh, what we did for Hurricane Harvey was an example of this. Uh, I still have people that reach out to me, uh, as they did yesterday, saying it's really stupid because you're putting a code um, out to the public saying, uh, if you're a Hurricane Harvey volunteer, we want to outfit you. Use this code, and we will send it to you for free. We will make the item to order. We will package it with love, and we will pay for the shipping to get it to you. Thanks for the work that you're doing in the world. Well, will people abuse that? Yeah, some people will. Uh, you know, we know it, and it sometimes hurts us, but... But ultimately, what we're doing is we are trying to build relationships with people that, uh, on the whole, are the kind of people um, that uh, that we think are worth celebrating in the world. Um, and so just imagine not just having somebody who's bringing uh, relief uh, to you in the current situation um, uh, involving the storm cleanup. But imagine somebody coming to you wearing a message of hope, carrying um, a message of hope literally on their on their person as they're uh, serving you and and working alongside of you. That's you know that's part of uh, the opportunity that we get to steward as a company. I think that is amazing, and I. You know, I think companies like that and business owners like that, and just people in general who are willing to take the risk you know like you said yeah yes there are going to be people that abuse it but you know that is sort of the like you said duty is duty is yours and results are God's like that is that is so important and something that I think so many people need to take to mind because I think it's something like that that often prevents people from doing good in the first place because they think Uh, I, I agree that that, oh, well, you know, somebody's going to take advantage or my money doesn't make a difference or I, you know, I'm not going to, you know, worry about shopping fair trade or or shopping ethically or shopping small. I'm just going to shop at Walmart because it's easy. And, and at the end of the day, my purchase doesn't really matter when it does. And the more people that have, you know, it's kind of that mob mentality type thing where one person makes that decision and then 10 people make that decision and then a thousand people make that decision but when one person makes the decision for good and makes a positive decision and then starts telling their friends and then they tell their friends and then they tell their friends you know that's that's the kind of thing that has this positive ripple effect and you know if you have that one or 10 or 100 people who use the code and abuse it you know maybe maybe somehow you know, and this is my belief and how I see the, the, the world, you know, God's going to use that for good in some way, you know, because maybe that person who abused the code, who wasn't actually a Harvey volunteer, wears it one day and then somebody asks him, what's that about? And then they exactly. get, you know, exactly. I, I, <laughs> you know? I remember, I remember traveling as a, as a child and um, asking my parents what, what, you know, these, um, these Bibles in the hotel room are those, these Gideon Bibles, are these free? And um, and I remember them chuckling on one occasion and um, and saying, I'm sure that if somebody wanted to steal one, they would be fine with it. And so to a certain extent, it's like that for us. If if somebody's going to take advantage of our generosity, um, then, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we have to be good stewards. But at the same time, uh, we revel in the opportunity to be. Uh, to be generous. Uh, it, it's like a friend of mine who I have traveled with for many years. He, he When we're in big cities and somebody asks us for money, I'll, I'll never forget the first time he gave uh, this person uh, some money. And I said, yeah, but, uh, you know, are you, are you really, are you sure that you should have done that with him? And we had this little conversation and he looked at me and he said, um, you know, I figure that what I do in relation to him to try to help him is my business before God. And in terms of what he does with it, that's his business before God. 
And mm-hmm. I, I, I always thought that was a really powerful thing. And so when you, when you look at the story of Savinley, uh, in fact, one of the co-founders, a dear friend of mine, Dale Partridge, wrote a book, People Over Profit. And it's kind of the, the first half of the Savinley story. And we've often talked about the fact that it'll be, it'll be fun uh, one day soon to write uh, the, the, the sequel to that book. But um, if you are really intentional about um, valuing people over profit, the the profit um, tends to not always, but it tends to take care of itself. And if you're just about profit, boy, there are just so many things that break um, in the things that matter most, which are relationships. You know, when Jesus was asked, "What's the most important thing?" in in uh, effectively in this book, right? He said, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself." That verse is printed in every sevenly shirt that has ever been sold under the heading, why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's about relationships and it's about valuing um, people uh, over the things of this world and ultimately the, the things that matter for all eternity over the things of this world and believing that in the end, um, that will work out well. I have literally while you were talking, I added people over profit to my to read list. And it's funny because I did not know. I mean, I I maybe I did know this, but didn't really know it until you said it specifically. But I've had a lot of people tell me I need to read that book. And now I know it's why. A great book. <laughs> now I know. It's a great book. And Dale's a, yeah, it's a great book. And Dale's a great, uh, a great guy. Amazing story. I think it's amazing. And I like I said, I just. I want to say thank you as a consumer and also as, I mean, I consider myself an entrepreneur. Obviously, I'm a business owner. I'm a small business owner. Um, You know, as a business owner, as a consumer, and as just a human being, I just want to say thank you for your, your willingness to not listen to what culture says you should do and to listen to what God says you should do and to do things that might seem strange to people and to give things away and to, um, you know, to publicly apologize and admit when you were wrong. I mean, I think that that is what, that is something that separates you from the rest. And, um, and you set an example for others to follow. And, you know, it's, it's, it really is one of those things of not of being in the world, but not of the world. And I mm. just, I just, I want to thank you for that because I think that is such an, a powerful example that you're setting to so many other people. Well, thanks Molly. And I, I have to say, I, I've had it modeled, uh, for me, uh, beginning with my, my mother and my father. Mm. And, you know, when you're, when you're given, uh, the gift of, uh, faithful witness from others, and the things that they do in the world, whether they're a street sweeper or whether they're a CEO, we have so much to learn um, from what it is to be steadfast in and faithful, um, especially in a world that just seems to be spinning and loud. Yes, um, it's um, it's an important thing, which is why one of the reasons why I love your. Uh, your show being titled Still Being Molly, because ultimately <laughs> it is it is so much about not just the doing, it's about the being and the connection between those two things. Yeah. Um, you know, we're both from North Carolina and there's that great motto on our our flag that um, that reminds us that it's important that, you know, that what's on the outside is consistent with what's on the inside. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and so I, I love the way that you combine in your work in the world the being and the doing. It's a great thing, Molly. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, well, that's, it's technically my blog name, but my, you know, and, and people have asked me, well, why didn't you do your podcast name is the same as your blog name. And, you know, it was, I kind of had some reasons behind it, but people always ask me, they're like, well, what were you ever not being Molly? <laughs> you know, what do you mean you're still being Molly? And there is, I mean, there's a couple things at play. I mean, one, it is people say, well, is it a play on your last name? And I say, well, yes, but I, you know, I've been blogging for a long time, over 10 years. And before I got married, I had really embarrassing blog names <laughs> that, that I'm like, well, hopefully that just stays in the 
the dark part of the internet that nobody can ever actually find <laughs> is that old stuff when I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but you know, my story and my my testimony, which is a story for another day, but you know, that was one of those things where over the years I really you know, I was known as the funny person. I mean, my, I was class clown in high school, in college. I was, you know, most likely to be on Saturday Night Live. Like everybody knew me as sort of the comedian and I did sketch and improv comedy. And so, you know, and I did a lot of, you know, volunteering and I was just really active, but I was always just kind of this big, loud personality and people, you know, at the end, but inside for a long time, I was struggling really, really hard. And I realized at the time that I was searching and I was, I was making people laugh because I wasn't laughing on the inside. And so, you know, but ultimately kind of as I walked through a really dark time in my life and as I came on the other side and I, I, I really came to know and follow and, and love Jesus, I found where my worth and my, you know, and where my identity truly was. And I, at the end of the day, yes, I am still the, the funny kind of, you know, I try to be funny, <laughs> the funny, you know, person <laughs> who loves to make people laugh, like making people laugh is just, it's what I love to do. And um, yes, there's still that part of me. Um, but the, where I find my worth and my identity, that's different. And I, I'm a, I've changed a lot, but at the end of the day, like I'm still goofy me. Like my personality really hasn't changed all that much, but the, the deeper, you know, more intricate parts of me have changed because Jesus changes people. And that's, you know, that's what happened to me. So that's kind of, you know, that's where, that's really where the name comes from. But I, you know, I, I never really thought about the, when you, when you pointed out just the being part. Um, and Mm -hmm. I, I'm having like a, a very introspective moment right now where I'm like, man, <laughs> man, there's so much more to this. Well, you know, our, our our world is so inclined to make us just focus all the time on um, accomplishments and mm-hmm. status and degrees and what we drive. And it's all, you know, so much is about the doing, especially yeah. as you highlighted in this social media age where everything faux is, um, you know, fast available. Uh, and so we, we're, we're detaching more and more from the level of who, who we are instead just focusing on what we're doing. And I think that can be a real tragedy. Um, and we need more people focusing on still being um, themselves. So. Yes. Preach. Cool yes. name. Preach. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, well, as we wrap up here, which I I honestly, I have like 50,000 more questions I would love to ask. So I think that just means I have to have you back on the show another time. Um, but I want to um, get to know you just on a kind of a, I like to ask kind of some fun questions of my guests sometimes to get to know them a little bit different, you know, outside of the business life. Um but before I do, and, and and also I'm giving, so my husband edits my shows. He's my executive producer, as I like to call him. Um, and so this is the portion where I let my husband insert a really fun sound effect here. And we're going to get to sort of the the gauntlet round, if you will, for getting to know you. Um, but I like to ask a serious question first, and then we'll get to the fun stuff. Um, what is the best business advice you've ever been given? And you've had a lot of businesses, so I feel like this is this is a, a a heavy loaded question for you. Yeah, and I've been given a lot of uh, great advice, but I I think that um, central to uh, the, the the best advice I've been given, which relates to the challenge of how we've uh, tried to fail forward with Sevenly is um is to lead with humility it's uh so antithetical uh to the way that we uh tend to approach leadership we we think that to to lead means to uh be the strong man to be the uh the 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 one who um in a darwinian sense is uh going to be the survivor and so the, the whole idea of humility in business is so much um, a, a, a riddle for so many people. But 
and and I'm still learning it every day. But you know, the the best advice that uh, that I've been given is just to uh, to be humble. I think that's awesome advice. Um, and I think so many businesses could learn a lot from that <laughs> and business owners and yeah, people, and, people you know, in general. And it's interesting because, it, yeah, it doesn't just relate to individual leadership. It relates Completely. to being a good yeah, employee. Who you are as a brand, yeah. uh, how you uh, engage with uh, people and create a, um, you know, an organizational culture, uh, all kinds of um, things that are uh, important about that. Absolutely. Okay, so now on to a few fun questions. Um, so what is the first, and I don't know what generation exactly you're in, but I'm going to assume record or tape. What's the first record or tape you ever bought? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I can tell you that my first concert was Supertramp. <laughs> you probably don't even remember uh them and uh and and my second was boston uh boston, so that kind of right. dates me i yes, like it that kind of dates me back in the 80s i was a <laughs> i was a my, my first uh so those are my first concerts but my my uh first albums were all chicago I like so, it. Yeah. You've heard of Chicago, Molly? Yeah. I, I really appreciate that. Of course. Of <laughs> course I've heard of Chicago. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. I think back to, I mean, while I listened to music way before this, and I had I purchased, I, but I remember the very first time I ever purchased a tape using my own money, like I'd you know, done chores and earned money. And I walked myself to Kmart because there was a Kmart like a couple blocks from my house. And I walked over to Kmart and I bought the Dave Matthews band under the table and dreaming cassette. <laughs> that was my nice. my first cassette. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love it. Um, all right. Now, so the this last part, this is the the rapid fire round. And so we've got uh, and t excuse my if you heard my son in the background. <laughs> I just hear my son outside the door like, mama, mama, mama. It's fine. He's he's fine. He's under the care of my husband. Um, so, but I literally just heard him going, mama, mama. I, I, I know that feeling. I know that hey, feeling. You know what? This is real life. This is real life. Um, okay. So rapid fire round. It's either or. Say the first thing that comes to mind. Got it? I think I've got it. All right. Yep. Cool. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Cake or pie? Pie. Ooh, interesting. I've learned in a 2015 survey that pie is the most common thing chosen in North Carolina. <laughs> other, nice. Other? Yeah, with with uh, with coffee black and preferably blackberry pie. Oh, blackberry it, pie. I like it. I like it. I oh, like the specificity. Our is full of blackberries. So blackberry pie, blackberry cobbler, vanilla ice cream, oh, and then Amen. a little bit of. And then a little bit of homestead honey on top of that, and it's just over. Yeah, over. you're you're basically you've died and gone to heaven. <laughs> so like, yes, yes, I love it. Uh, books going are back for seconds. Yes, books or movies. Books. Pepsi or Coke. <laughs> I've worked for Pepsi, but I like Coke better. But don't tell anybody that I said that. <laughs> I won't, except for all of the people listening to this. And yes. that is hilarious. That's awesome. I think you're probably the only person that's ever going to be able to say that on the show. Like, well, I worked for Pepsi, but I actually like Coke better. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Me too. Me too. Um, introvert or extrovert? You know... Uh, everybody would probably peg me as an extrovert uh, because I love, I do love to teach and I do love to speak um, in public audience, but I actually have a pretty deep uh, introvert side of me too. I, I love to cuddle up and read and I, I have, yeah, it's, I'm kind of a, a riddle in that way. I'm, I'd say I'm a bit of both. I'm an introverted extrovert too. So, or an extroverted introvert. Yeah. Whichever the way yeah, you want to say. <laughs> right. So I understand. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Um, call or text? Text. Yeah, me too. PC or Mac? PC. Ooh, all the way. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Uh, you don't have many. You probably don't have many people on your show that can answer that. And Droid all the way. Oh, Absolutely. man. Yeah. All right. All right. I, 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 want, I am the only person in Suddenly that is a Droid 
PC guy and they and they all have uh, fun with me about it. But it is what it is. I love it. That's hilarious. Uh, and last one. And for me, probably the most important crushed ice or cubed ice. <laughs> Definitely cubed ice for me. Oh, really? You are the second person today to tell me cubed. And I'm like, what are you crazy people with cubed ice? It's crushed ice all the way. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Um, I, it's cubed ice for me all the way. I love it. Well, Jim, this <laughs> has been an absolute pleasure and an honor. And hearing your story and hearing you just really share your heart for what you do and um, the heart behind Sevenly, it has been a pleasure. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Molly. I really have uh, enjoyed the time with you. It's been great. So let me be honest real quick. This episode was originally supposed to air not until I think sometime in December, but after the conversation that Jim and I had, especially talking about some of the issues around Hurricane Harvey and what Seven Lee is currently doing right now to support the victims of Hurricane Harvey, I knew that this episode had to air this week. I left this conversation just feeling a sense of peace and a sense of encouragement and a sense of resolve. And I, I don't know. I mean, this conversation really, truly blessed me in so many ways. And I wanted it to bless you as well. So I hope that you loved it. I hope that it really helped to give you a renewed sense of purpose and to know that when you make a mistake, that it's okay. We're all human. We all make mistakes. And it's how we recover from those mistakes that really can make a difference. As always, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you are a first-time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to visit the archives for past shows featuring so many amazing entrepreneurs and business owners who are literally changing the world with their businesses. And if you are a regular listener of the show, thank you so much for tuning in week in and week out, and thank you for your support. Be sure to head on over to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, or wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you are subscribed to the show. Clicking that subscribe button helps ensure that you never miss a new episode of the podcast. And while you're there, would you mind taking a moment to leave a review of the show? Leaving a review of the show helps me to know what you are liking and how the show is personally impacting you. Reviews also help to show other potential listeners what the show is really about. If you share the show on social media, be sure to tag me at stillbeingmolly and use the hashtag businesswithpurposepodcast. Also, I love hearing from you guys, so be sure to send me an email or you can even just connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you like. This show is edited by my amazing husband and executive producer, John Stillman, and the music is by Mark Killian of Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening. Now, go do something good with purpose on purpose. Bye. Bye.